0: From the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.
1: This is Cheryl Kennedy at the Library of Congress. Saturday, September 24th, will mark the 16th year that book lovers of all ages have gathered in the nation's capital to celebrate the written word at the Library of Congress National Book Festival. The festival, which is free and open to the public, will be held at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. Ours will be from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. For more details, visit www.loc.gov bookfest. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce Kristen Hanna. She is the best-selling author of more than 20 novels, including her latest international blockbuster, The Nightingale, which won the Goodreads and People's Choice Awards as well as the Audiobook of the Year Award in the Fiction category. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Now, all of your novels are sort of theme-driven. What's the underlying theme of The Nightingale, and why do you think it has so strongly resonated with readers?
0: You know, I think the the reason that Nightingale has really resonated with people so much is that it's really about ordinary women showing extraordinary courage in very dark times. And, you know, thematically, yes, the book is really about resilience and resistance and survival and sort of the importance of love and family, even when, you know, the world is falling apart. And I think that's just something um, that that people really respond to. That re- that really brings home the importance of taking care of each other and making hard choices, especially when times are really bad. And I, I guess I you know, started it because I tend to think that women's history is often lost or sort of underrepresented in fiction. And when I began reading about these women of the French Resistance who had done such remarkably courageous things, I really wanted their stories to be told. I think it's important, especially at a time like right now, when the world seems to be dangerous. You know, to be reminded that ordinary people can do amazing things.
1: Well, as you said, your books are filled with ordinary characters doing extraordinary and heroic things. Since your characters drive your novels, is there a particular creative process or methodology that helps you shape these complex people that you write about? You know... In the early
0: times of my career, I was very sort of plot-driven and and wrote long outlines and character bios and sort of decided what books would be before I ever started them. But as the books have become more complex and the issues deeper and the characters um, more complex... I sort of have come into this place where I figure out what my themes are, I figure out what I have to say, and then I go in search of the best story to say that and the best characters to show that. And so what that means is an awful lot of drafts that end up going nowhere and turns that take me to the wrong place until I find the right place. But I find that as cumbersome as that process is, it really ultimately pares down everything that doesn't matter to me.
1: Well, as a writer of historical fiction, you spend months doing research. As you know, the Library of Congress has millions of primary source materials. Why do you think it's important to preserve these original documents and materials?
0: Oh, I I mean, you can't overstate the importance of it. You know, when you begin looking back and doing the kind of research that I do, a lot of these books, you know, are impossible to find most places. And we need to preserve this record and keep it available so that history can remain, you know, a, a bright and vibrant thing in everyday life.
1: Well, apparently, you spent a lot of time actually reading the memoirs and I guess documents that featured firsthand oral histories.
0: Correct, I did, yes.
1: Now, you said that writing is the greatest job in the world, <laughs> and you couldn't literally live without it. Tell us, why is that? What's so special about writing? You know, it's funny.
0: I really kind of fell into writing. I was an attorney first, and, you know, through kind of an unusual sequence of life events, I ended up being, you know, a a young at-home mom, and I really wanted to be an at-home mom. I wanted to be that mother who went to all of the, you know, class parties and field trips and all of that but it turned out that I really needed something creative that was mine. And so, you know, being a huge reader, I sort of did the classic, well, how hard can this be? And learned, of course, that writing is very hard. Writing just, you know, really speaks to me. And I have found that I I just really can't live without this creation of worlds and this release of my imagination and the power of discovering, I think, what it is I have to say about the world and life and family through these characters that I create.
1: Your writings are full of wonderful insights into the human experience, such as quote, popularity means people think that they know you. End of quote. Now, obviously, you're certainly popular. uh, So what can people, your readers know or learn about you through your writings? You know, I
0: think that with the kind of fiction that I write and the way in which I write it, it is impossible for me not to reveal myself in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that A reader, certainly, if they've read a number of my works, knows what I believe is important in life, what I believe is unimportant, uh, how I think people interact, how I think people feel. I would say there are, throughout the books, a lot of my own personal backstory, you know, recast in other forms. Because the whole, you know, write what you know, I don't think necessarily you have to write what you actually know, but I think what you do know tends to sort of seep through and behind a lot of the prose that you write.
1: Well, obviously, The Nightingale is about ordinary people surviving war and what that means. And you have this beautiful quote, in love, we find out who we want to be. In war, we find out who we are. How long did that take you to just come up with something so poignant. You mean that sentence or the story? Well, the sentence. I know it took you a couple of years, right, to write the book? (laughs) You know, it was interesting
0: with that particular sentence. Um, When I first wrote it, I was deep into the book, you know, probably like chapter 18, 19, 20, something like that. And it was kind of just a toss-off you know, sentence in the middle of a paragraph. And then, you know, I kept writing, kept working and honing and pairing. And when I finally had the book where I wanted it to be, I sort of looked at that sentence and realized, well, this is the sentence. This is what this book is about. This is what I have to say. And therefore, I need to figure out how to take this sentence. And, you know, put it on the first page, preferably the first sentence if I can. Because I really think that, you know, it's just, it's the, the essence of the novel boiled down into a, a couple of words.
1: Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. They're beautiful. Thank you. I read that your favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird, which was actually selected by the Library of Congress as one of the books that shaped America. Why do you think that book had such a major influence on our society?
0: You know, I think that the character of Scout and the character of Atticus and Boo Radley, you know, this this combination of characters set in this time speaking about something Which is basically, you know, still on the table today, the acceptance and racism and, you know, how communities deal together. It had so many important things to say and, you know, said it in a very accessible way with characters that we could ultimately relate to and sort of aspire to be. And I think it shows the best of people, even as it shows the worst of people.
1: Yes. I totally agree. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. One more question. Handwriting seems to have become a lost art, and tracking the evolution of the writing process has definitely changed. hand. Was that correct? Yes, it is. I am. <laughs> I am one of those gals. <laughs> uh, so you can really write anywhere.
0: That's actually why I began writing longhand. You know, it was kind of a a couple of things because I wrote a lot of books on the computer. And the bottom line was my back and my body just couldn't really take sitting at a desk, you know, several hours a day like that. And so and then there was also the sort of dauntingness of a blank blue screen and the seductiveness of the delete key. And I ultimately thought, well, you know, when I was a lawyer, I used to write briefs and stuff longhand, so maybe I'll go back to that and see how it works. And it allowed me to suddenly be writing on a deck in my living room, sitting on my porch, sitting by the beach, you know, hanging out by the lake, writing while my son was in the pool, you know, in the summer. It just really opened me up to be able to work in different locations. And I think that's something that has just remained really crucial to my creativity.
1: Well, hopefully, you're saving all of those original source (laughs) materials. I do have boxes and boxes of yellow legal pads, (laughs) yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We've been listening to author Kristen Hanna, who will appear on Saturday, September 24th, in the Fiction Pavilion at the National Book Festival. At the Washington Convention Center. For more details, visit www.loc.gov/bookfest. Miss Hannah, thank you so much for an enlightening conversation. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to speak to you. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us
0: at loc.gov.